Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Forum for Delhi. Uh, it's your boy Cisco with Ryan. Say hello. What up? What up? Uh, sorry for the for the little um, the delay uh, in releasing this episode. Little scheduling conflict, but uh, we're here today. I needed a bye week. Yeah, a little bye, uh, early bye week. <laughs> now we got to go the rest of the season with no injuries. But uh, so uh, today we're going to talk about. I'm just going to talk about the Packers a little bit, the the 53-man roster, uh, you know, what surprised us with that and, and the and the formation of the practice squad. Um, then we're just going to give our quick predictions on the season, uh, what we think is going to happen. Um, then a little little quick summary of what we're going to, you know, our predictions for the rest of the NFL, for who's going to win the, uh, what conferences. Uh, then we'll talk about a little bit about the – the Badgers' uh, disappointment over the weekend, um, and then uh, we'll be at the chopping block. So, uh, Ryan, you want to start us off? Uh, we'll yeah, this will be uh, in uh, preparation for the season starting Thursday with the Cowboys against the Buccaneers. We're going to do a full football episode. So, for those of you all that don't like football, stay tuned, just listen in, and enjoy uh, Cisco and my voice, right? But, all right, so for this <laughs> – for this pack, for the roster thing, I figure we'll just go down position by position. If there's no surprises, let's just move on. If there are, we'll talk about it a little bit. Who got cut, who stayed, that we were surprised, et cetera. How's that sound to you? Yeah, it sounds perfect. All right, so at quarterback, absolutely no surprise. We kept zero. zero. Uh, we got Ben Coat back to the practice squad, which I'm actually a fan of. Um but other than that, I don't think we need to spend time on the quarterback. Nothing's going to happen this year. Um, God willing, Rodgers doesn't get hurt. Other than that, I think he'll be at top-notch form. I think he's going to come scorched earth again and, and, and prove to the front office that we're going to we're gonna have to do something on, our end, on the end of the front office in order to get rid of him. Yeah, I agree with that, man. Uh, I mean, Rodgers gets hurt, right? What, what are the expectations anyway, with regardless of who you got on the roster? Love looked decent enough for me to say, hey, maybe we win a couple games. You know, definitely not as many as you're going to win with Rodgers, but no surprises. Yeah, exactly. But I do think we're we're pretty solid team that I think we can we can hold the line if it's not season ending. But you know, we'll talk about that more uh, as we keep as we get on with the season. Then we jump to running back, which is a little. Uh, little unorthodox for most NFL teams, I would say, but we only kept three with Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Kylan Hill. I am a huge fan of Kylan Hill. Um, we cut Dexter Williams, and we cut Patrick Taylor. Patrick Taylor, we got back to the practice squad. Any surprises or something that stuck out to you there? No, I mean, not really. And, and like, to go off of uh, what was that, the, you know, that first, that first episode that we had put out there, we kind of talked about that Hill was kind of my guy. That I, that I was excited for, that I thought would uh would show some potential, and and he made the roster. So, um, you know, nothing else. Williams had his chances. I think you know, again, when you're looking at at backup guys, uh, obviously you want to try to find a star, but then you settle for somebody that can just you know give you something. And I just you know he had his time. I didn't really see it. Even um, Taylor, I was kind of like eh about, but. If, if you, you know, you want to keep somebody that knows the, the, the scheme and, and knows the, the playbook and, uh, you know, he was injured that first time around that we gave him a chance. So I think this will be kind of his next, uh, next and last chance with the team. 
So no, uh, Patrick that, Taylor. I, I really or... wasn't surprised. Yeah, Patrick Taylor. Yeah, he's actually a rookie. So no, I, I think thought... the... no, he, he might, he was he might not last be. Year. No, we did cut. I think the fifth round pick. I don't know his name, but uh, deal that you know. I mean, like Green Bay's. I think it was the first time we ever cut a back in his rookie year. But I don't know his name, and off the top of my head, I don't. I don't pick it up, but maybe we'll talk about that another day. I do want to say I expect a big year out of AJ Dillon. I mean, I'm talking like I think he could get close to a thousand yards. So we, I think we got a really good. I think we got a really good one-two punch. Um, so we'll see. <clears throat> At wide receiver for the active roster, we kept six in Devante, MVS, Lazard, Cobb, Taylor, and Amari Rogers. Again, personally, no surprise there. No, nah, no um, surprises on my end either. We talked about it in the first uh, the first episode. We, we really wanted to see Juwan Winfrey, who we did get to the practice squad, make the team. Unfortunately, he suffered a shoulder injury after – I don't even think he played in the preseason, so that was after. Uh, no, he didn't. Yeah, after camp before game one and never came out of that. But we were able to get him to the practice squad. So if he does have a future in the NFL, hopefully it is with Green Bay. So we'll move to tight end again. For me, no surprises with Mercedes Lewis, Tunyon, Duguara, and Dominique Daphne. Um, yeah, absolutely no surprises for me. I think. I think DeGuar is going to have impact on our offense with a big role, but Tunyon is is just uh, – I think he continues his his uh, play with – you know, he had 11 – I think 11 touchdowns last year. I don't think he'll have that many, but I still think he's going to be a big part of this offense. Yeah, I think um, DeGuar kind of fits that, that – he's the reason why we didn't keep a fullback, right, which is kind of – normally um, is, a, is a big thing for Green Bay. I feel like historically the fullback position is always a position of impact. So by us not having an actual fullback, I think that's was kind of the plan last year with him. And then he got hurt because, uh, you know, the, he can come out of the backfield. He can block. He can, uh, you know, he can, he can catch too. You know, he's not obviously not a receiving tight end like Tanya, but, um, you know, I think he'll fill that spot. I, I guess uh, – my question here, uh, while we're while we're talking about the tight ends, is does Sternberger stay on the the active roster once his two game suspension is up? Yeah. So to um, explain that for the for the other listeners out there, Sternberger got caught performance enhancing drugs, or I don't know if it was that. It was a a substance. It was, a, it was substance. It was yeah, it could have been that. It was it was a substance abuse, so it, it was in the same category as PEDs. I don't think they they. Uh, they separate them when you get suspended. First one's two games. So he'll he'll serve that as first two games, which means he doesn't go against the roster. And Cisco's question is, do I foresee Jay Sternberger taking someone's spot? I think it it really depends. Does DeGuara, Tunyon, and Mercedes Lewis, and we kept Dominique Daphne. I'm not sure if he's a special teams guy. If one of those four guys slips up a week ago, we bring Sternberger back. Changes from what in preseason, I actually think we cut Jay Sternberger. He had a horrible preseason. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, like, he, what's this, his third year, I, th- I think? And, yeah. and you're not flashing anything. And, 
you're not able to stay on the field, whether it's health wise or, you know, even, even with this two game suspension, uh, when you're in that position, every game counts, right? Like every opportunity counts for you. And a guy like Daphne uh, is given two extra offers, you know, two games to, Hey man, what can you do for this team to say, Hey, we'll keep you over Sternberg. Cause I really think that's what it's going to come down to. Like you said, I don't know. Also, I don't know if Daphne does special teams and he might, but if, if he can, if that's something that he can do, we don't really need, you know, we have, we have Tanyan is our, is our number one pass catching tight end. Um, Lewis is, is kind of that do all the gritty stuff and the veteran kind of show, you know, people the way. Um, and, and then DeGuara is going to be that, that H back fullback kind of, you know, um, not a, not Swiss army knife like Darren Sproles, but more, you know what I mean? Like he, he can I think he's like a big, he's, He's a big Swiss Army knife. Like he fits the roles that nobody else does on our team, Willie. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's going to be hard for Sternberger to fit in then if he can't do anything, you know, it, w- with the opportunities that he's given. Um, with the two game suspensions, I'm not sure. Can he practice with the team still? I don't believe so. I think he's actually not even allowed in the facility. Okay. Because I was going to say, then at least he can he can have practices. Uh, as an opportunity, but I don't know. I don't see him sticking. Um, maybe that's why we kept six receivers. Maybe we do keep them right. Instead of seven, I thought we would go seven, but uh, I think with Winfrey getting hurt, there it was easier and fun just getting hurt. It was easy just to keep six and, and Taylor obviously was the sixth guy, but uh, I don't think he sticks with the team either. I, I think his time is, is coming on. Yeah. I guess my, my thing on that is it's difficult for me to look at someone else and say, I would cut him and keep Stoneberger. Like he just has been so inconsistent. He doesn't block for shit. So I'm going to keep a Dominique Daphne, who's a big body who blocks well and catches the ball when we need him to, but he's not going to yeah. flash. Um, yeah. Stoneberger, in my opinion, has been an extreme disappointment. I think he was a third round pick out of Texas A&M. And that, it just has never really panned out for him one way or the other, which honestly, I think, if you can't make it in Green Bay with the coaching and offensive line and uh, and the quarterback play and, the, and the, the play calling for tight ends, I just don't think you're fit for the NFL. But, hey, in the end, I hope if we get rid of him, he goes somewhere, he plays well, he has a good career, um, just not the Bears or the Vikings. <laughs> All right, so we move on to the offensive line. I think this is where you and I have the most uh, – most likely the most contention – and not because we don't agree with some of this stuff, just that we were a little surprised. Um, so we still don't know what the starting five is going to be. We did keep nine, and I'll name those. Uh, we got Elton Jenkins, Billy Turner, Lucas Patrick, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Dennis Kelly, John Runyon, Yosh Nijman, and Jake Hansen. So, yeah, yeah I'll, right. I'll let you go because I – Yeah, I think... so – I guess well, if we're going to do the, the surprise cuts from this group, for me, were Cole Van Lannen and uh, Ben Braden. Um, I thought that those guys were pushing for a spot. Luckily, we were able to keep them on the practice squad. I think that was a, a really big uh, risk, but, a, you know, obviously it worked out for us, so it's a big win. Because I think those guys were really pushing, um, and, and I think what kept one of them – I don't. I won't say. I don't know which one, right? Was was would have been the one to stick to the roster over the other, but I, I really thought that Lucas Patrick was going to get traded. Uh, I, I thought that 
they would push for that spot. So I think Patrick staying on the roster and not getting traded was, was what kept one of them from being off as far as which one, I'm really not sure. Um, and I, even Hanson, I, I thought, uh, and, and you can explain this because you actually explained this to me and made me think, oh, okay, it makes sense why he's stuck. But um, I, I just, in preseason, he just didn't look like he had it. I didn't think he had, 50, you know, the, a 53-man roster talent uh, compared to these other guys. But like you were, you told me, and, and again, I said I'll let you say it, but he plays center, and we have a rookie center, you know, so it kind of makes sense to keep him. Yeah, so that was my thing, and, and I'll explain my thought process on it that I had. we had talked about uh, a few days ago. Ideally, you have – you have three people, uh, sort of four, on your active roster right now that can snap the ball. And that's Elton Jenkins, who, again, we I don't know if we've talked about it in the past, but for those listening, he is a all-pro, in my opinion, left guard. And we have to move in the left tackle until David Bakhtiari comes back. Um, and then you have Lucas Patrick, Josh Myers, who's the, the rookie starter right now, and then Jake Hansen, who we kept. So Josh Myers goes down and you cut Jake Hansen, you are in a really bad spot because you either have to move Lucas Patrick to guard, I mean, to center from guard, um, or you have to move Elton Jenkins, who's who's by far your most versatile, but other than Bakhtiari, he's your best offensive lineman. And, and now you're moving him to center, and you're not that deep. It's just not a deep position for us. So I was surprised to see Jake Hansen mainly because I just didn't think he deserved to be on the 53. Like, if we have to go to Jake Hansen, I, I feel a little worried, personally. But I think Josh Myers is going to pan out well. Um, obviously, following injury, I think he'll start all 17 games and and um, and do well. Um, when Bakhtiari comes back from the pup list, which I wanted to touch on that, 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 that surprised me. Um, I thought they would put him either on IR, because then he could have came back, I think, after three games. Don't quote me on that. Or they would have kept him on the active roster so he could have come back at any time. But now he's out, at minimum, the first six games. And that's a lot for your all-pro left tackle, because, like I had mentioned a few minutes ago, Elton Jenkins now has to move from left guard to left tackle in order to now bring in a rookie, Royce Newman, who I project will, will start that left guard. And I think you're on the same page as I am. Yeah, he looks good. Um, you're bringing in a rookie who, who does look good. He was the highest-rated PFF offensive lineman in the entire preseason, not just for Green Bay, for the entire NFL. Um, I think he had the number one run-blocking grade and, like, the number seven pass-blocking grade, which does give me hope because the second two games we played against, their starters for both teams for the first half. So I have... I think this is one of the, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but the offensive line is what's going to make or break the first six to ten weeks of our season, in my opinion. Because once Bach comes back and gets into the swing swing of things, I think that line solidifies again, and it becomes, from week seven to 17, I think it becomes the number one offensive line in the NFL again. Um, but those first six games, man, we're going to be, it's going to be a little bit of growing pains, and I just hope they can give – Rodgers enough time and, and Jones and Dylan enough lanes to run. Um, but let's not forget, um, I, I think we have a really, really smart play caller, and I don't think he's going to put that offensive line in situations early. Um, 
So I'm very interested to see how Sunday's game against the Saints starts off. But my two surprises are the same as yours. Really surprised about Ben Braden. I think after week, the first week of training camp, he was a projected starter at left guard. Uh, excuse me, right guard. And that's where I think you got the idea that Lucas Patrick could get traded. And I don't yeah. blame you. But again, I thought Lucas Patrick stayed because you need versatility at the center position with a rookie um, coming in and, and starting. But I do believe this is Turner. I mean, Turner, I bet. Um, Lucas Patrick's last year, um, whether or not, it, I mean, in my opinion, it just doesn't matter. We'll either trade him or we'll get rid of him. Um, because I think we have a lot of young guys that are that are really coming up and, and showing that we drafted the right people. John Runyon's one of them. Um, Royce Newman, I think we've both explained that we've been extremely impressed. And then obviously if Josh Myers pans out like Corey Lindsley did, both Ohio State alums, um, we're going to be in, some, in, in really good shape. Um, so if you're comfortable with the offensive line, I am. And we can move the defensive line. Yeah, I just have uh... – something to add there. So the, the reason why he wasn't put on uh, IR is because he would have had to make the, not only make the 53 man roster, but also pass his physical. Ah. So since he wouldn't have been able to pass his physical, he wasn't eligible for um, okay. IR because then, then we could have kept, right. We could have kept somebody, another player then he wouldn't have counted against, but yeah, no, that was it, the hope or the thought process. But because he would have to pass the physical, um, and be on the 53-man roster, that's why he wasn't eligible for that IR spot. Yeah, we, then he would have been able to come after the three weeks. Yeah, we would have had to cut him. Here, here's here's my question real quick, and I don't mean to veer off into uh, – when we cut, we cut J.K. Scott, right, and we traded for that punter, Yeah, we didn't announce the trade till Friday. How come we couldn't have filled the spot from 52 to 53 – between Tuesday and, and Friday? That's a good question. I don't. I, I know that the reason that we couldn't announce the trade is I thought it had something to do with, like, it had to wait for the final cut. It had to wait for all players to get taken off of waivers. Yeah. But I, I, I struggled to understand why we had to practice with 52 till Friday, till the – I guess that's something maybe I can look into because I've never heard of that before. I've never – so – and the only reason I bring that up is – so Bakhtiari most likely could not have passed his physical because we wouldn't have had, had to cut another one. You know what I mean? We could have yeah. put Bakhtiari on the 53 because we cut J.K. Scott and technically didn't have a punter for a few days. And then, yeah, but that's a moot point in the end. The punter's here now. Bakhtiari's on pup. He's out for the first six. And uh, we're going to see what this young offensive line is all about. Defensive line, I think this is the second place that you and I were surprised. We kept six with Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, Kingsley Kiki, TJ Slayton, and Jack Heflin. I'm really happy about Jack Heflin, personally. Um, I think he's going to be what Tyler Lancaster has not been in the past two years since Lancaster signed that extension. And that, and I'm speaking for you because we've talked about this, but that is our surprise uh, that stayed on the 53, Tyler Lancaster. I'm just not yeah. impressed. I'm just yeah, not, not impressed Heflin. with him. Heflin wasn't a surprise keep. I, I thought that, it, it, like you said, it was Lancaster. I really thought he was he was gone, either cut or 
trade him for a conditional seventh round pick or uh you know a Wong's walk emperor's plate a with an egg of, roll on the side slice of pizza hut man cuz i i'm i feel like I, the, the it's not even lancaster himself it's just like this fact that we keep we keep these guys right because they they show the flash right they show in preseason oh hey man you you know this is a guy could be a good rotational guy and and not to to say that he's you know been horrible but I feel like we give these guys too too long of a leash sometimes. Like, you know, he he was an undrafted guy. If if he's not panning out, cut him. It's not like you're you're you know wasting a draft pick or something like that. And you know, he fits in the rotation, but I I think that he's he's uh, reached his his ceiling. Uh, he's plateaued, and I think once you plateau in in the NFL you have to you have to start looking at other guys and and luckily that Heflin came in here cuz he was kind of slept on by a lot of other teams and he came here uh you know and we have that that um you know that record right where we we always keep was it 17 seasons I think in a row that we've kept an undrafted guy yeah this is undrafted uh undrafted university like yeah, they call yeah, so. Yeah. But I, I like Heflin. I like his uh, his motor. I like the fact that he doesn't give up on the play. He's a worker. Yeah, and and like you were saying before, with the I think with the offensive line stuff, we were playing against teams number one for the for the, at least the first half in in those games. You know, even like the Bills game, we were playing against their number one guys. You yeah. Know? So, so he work. showed he showed flash not against scrubs, but he showed flash against guys that are starting in the league. Yeah, and all I'll say about this group is I want to see less Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster and more Kingsley Kiki, TJ Slayton, and Jack Heflin. Got it. They're on the 53, but they don't need to play 30 snaps a game. Get the young yeah. guys in there and let them fucking show something. And well, especially that Clark and, and Kiki, you know, they've been banged up. You know, Laurie too. You know, these guys get banged up. So it's nice if we have some guys that can come in and play some snaps and, and – stay fresh. And, and I know that it's hard, you know, teams, you know, on offense, they kind of game plan for, well, if we, if we run, 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 or, you know, not saying run plays, but if we keep the game flowing without substitutions, the other team can't sub. So it's nice to, if we can kind of get these guys that can come in and sub for our guys without really losing that drop of talent. Yeah, and, and for those listeners out there, we would not have replaced Tyler Lancaster. We would have kept five, uh, Cisco and I, and we probably would have kept someone else at a different position. But so moving on to outside linebacker, I, I, I don't mean to move on fast. I just don't want to spend too much time on a defensive line. In the end, we got to play better this year yeah. because we need to get to the quarterback, and that's where – and th- here's where I think we get to the strength of our – uh, well, one of the strengths of our defense, I, th- I think the absolute strength is a little later. But for outside linebacker, we're keeping Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, uh, LaShawn Gary, Jonathan Garvin, and Chauncey Rivers. Uh, no surprises for me. I thought Chauncey Rivers getting added was a little bit of a surprise. I was really glad because I thought he reminds me of uh, – guys in the past few years that come in and season and then kind of get lost on the roster. I do think this could happen. He, he has three potential pro bowlers in front of him. 
comes back and plays the way that he played year one with the Packers. Davis is hurt. He has a back injury. He's doubtful for week one, which I almost I don't to Darius. I don't I don't want people to think it that way. I is a silver plat a gift on the silver platter to a Sean Geary. Plays thirty five snaps a game. I don't know how he doesn't make an impact. That's how good I think this kid is able to get on the field. Yeah, I agree. I think this is like you said. We're not, not we're not saying we're better without Zadarius. Obviously, no team would be better without their best outside linebacker. But uh, I think this is a great opportunity for Rashawn. I think uh, he showed he showed at the end towards the end of the season. I thought he started to get a lot better and he started to get more opportunities and um, and and because of good play, like he was rewarded for good play. So it wasn't like injuries and um you know i know preston kind of had a drop off a little bit but i think gary just played you know he he earned that stuff you know he played into that role and it's going to be exciting to see him get a bigger opportunity with zadarius being out so uh i i think that that's going to be you know really really beneficial for him because i think he's going to be a stud um you know he's going to be no go ahead no, no, I was just going to say, you know, he could be the next guy, right? The guy yeah. that, that sticks with the Packers, that, that's our star for the next, you know, five or six seasons. I know that doesn't sound like a long time, but in football time, that is, right? To have an, a guy, um, you know, for a few years, and then he comes into his own, and then he's a star for you for the next five, six seasons. That's, I mean, you couldn't ask for more than that. In my opinion, and that's where it stops. Yeah. Um, now, he did come into the league pretty young. I think he was, like, 20 or, like, just turned 21. So he could be a three-contract guy. Who knows? It depends on how his production is. But I'm actually looking I, – I think Gary's going to have a, a Pro Bowl or an All-Pro type year. And I think Preston Smith forces the Packers to play him more because I think he actually, like, plays like he did year one which is just good news for us in general. But I think we play a lot of three outside linebackers with Sidarius being that that weird like guy that just roams the line and kind of rushes from anywhere. Because I thought that's where he was at his best last year, not coming off the edge. And then you have the big the big boys up front with like a Clark and a Slayton just taking up two blocks each and, and letting those guys go. But I am excited for this group. I think I think more than any position defensively, the better this group plays, the better we are as a team. Um, well, hundred percent. It's always about the pressure, right? Yeah. I mean, it, but I think it has to the, come from them. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, you I, could have the best cornerbacks in the league, and it doesn't matter if they got to cover for eight, nine seconds. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yep. like, it, it definitely, um, it's it's definitely the most to me, the most important uh, position on the field for us on defense. Um, because it, it, without the pressure, you know what I mean. It, you you're really just hoping to get lucky. Yeah. Um, and, and and I would I want to say because you said that, that you weren't really surprised about Rivers and Garvin, but I was. Um, you know, I didn't and I didn't think that both of them would make it. I didn't think. I have to say, I don't think either of them were going to make it. I, I really thought the I 
and this is just based off of the, the little bit, you know, that I watched. I didn't get to watch the full preseason game every um, every game, but I thought Wilburn was going to make it because they were calling his name a lot. He seemed to be all over the field. Um, and there was a lot of hype around around that Tifa guy. Uh, so I thought, well, you know, roll with the hype that those guys maybe would be the ones that make it. So um, I was surprised, but after uh, watching, you know, some highlights and things like that, uh, Garvin obviously was a, a draft pick this year. So you kind of want to try to stick with the guys that you draft if, if they're showing potential. Um, and then Rivers was that trade. So I, I definitely a little bit more excited. I just didn't think that those were going to be the guys that stuck on the team. Yeah. And I don't blame you. I think when I said I wasn't surprised, I, I probably should have said I was happy that we kept those two. Cause I was surprised that we kept both of them. I just, I'm glad that they went that route because, you know, our intention was to have a pre-cut podcast and we were going to talk about who we expected to be on the team and stuff like that. I expected one, not both, but I was glad to see both. And I think Sedarius's injury pushed the front office to keep them both because back injuries are not a joke. You know, you can't assume he's going to be back week two. This could be a a multi-week lingering injury. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, you, you, you could almost say you wouldn't be – Surprised. Well, I guess, let me ask you, would you be surprised to see him go on IR? Um, no, I wouldn't, but I would be, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he had a down year, like just overall, because again, those, those injuries are just, they're constant. And, yeah. and I don't know how you go up against a 330 pound left tackle, right tackle, play in and play out and your back's jacked up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I actually wouldn't, I would have, I would prefer if they put him on IR and let him come back after week six, week eight, and just like sit out, heal up, and come back like how you were hoping to start the season. I think that all depends on Gary's play. If if Gary comes out even just week one looking great, and Zadarius isn't really as close as they think he is, I think then you you see him go on IR and. And you bank on on uh, the the play of Rashawn Gary, uh, and then I I pretty you know that opens up one roster spot for a few weeks. Um, I don't I don't think that you add to that position then, but um, uh, you could bring I, up I that, wouldn't be surprised to see it. You could bring up that uh, Tipa Galay off of the practice squad if you needed to do that if you wanted depth. Yeah, um, but that might, you I mean that that could be the thing that keeps you know maybe Sternberger gets lucky and sticks to the roster because you know, at that position because of Zadarius going, you know, on IR and maybe we don't feel the need to add another um, outside linebacker at that point. But yeah, I agree with you. And then we move. So that brings us to inside linebacker who we have a former outside linebacker in Owen Burks. That's another thought process, right? Hey, we'll bring back Sternberger and let Owen Burks roam that outside. But yeah. anyways, that's, so your Wilborn guy was actually an inside linebacker, and he is on the practice squad. Oh, okay. So you did see flashes of, of good play, and they rewarded him with a practice squad spot, which I pushed. So we kept Devondra Campbell, Chris Barnes, Owen Burks, Ty Summers, and Isaiah McDuffie. I would have preferred cutting Ty Summers and keeping Ray Wilborn on the active and letting Summers – go flip hamburgers but sounds um, like ty summers is your pat Connaughton. i don't know man i just every time <laughs> he play 
he he drives me nuts because every time he plays, I just feel like he's always a step behind, and that's it. Just I don't know. Well, I mean, let's 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 uh, let's be honest. I think he stays because of his um, his impact on special teams because he is a yeah. good special teamser. You know what I mean? No, you're right. You're right. And, and and honestly, our special teams hasn't been great. Our special for, teams is ass. Yeah, it hasn't been for a while. For a few seasons now, I feel like we just can't find the 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 right guys. I I don't know. Or you know, we've changed coaches and. Sometimes it's just the players. It's just the guys that you have on that team. You know, maybe you just don't have much to work with. But uh, I think his his I don't want to say expertise because that maybe makes it seem like he's a, a awesome player. But um, just his his experience, I guess that's probably the better term. His experience with the Packers being on special teams is probably what kept him on the team. And yeah. I was surprised McDuffie made it. I thought McDuffie was going to get cut. I didn't so I, want him to get cut, but I thought that was what was going to happen. I agree with you. And I think his final preseason game where he was all over the field. Uh, he, yeah. He was the, he looked, I think. He looked good. And I messaged you, remember, I, I did. Cause yeah, you did. I thought he was cut. And I was like, hey, man, McDuffie was out there. I heard, his, you know, you hear his name getting called a lot. Um, and, and I think, what, he's a fifth or sixth round pick? Fifth rounder. Out of, or fifth or, yeah, maybe a sixth now that you say it, out of Boston College. Yeah, so I feel like you know, you like I said, you you want to try to keep your draft picks if they're showing you something. You know, obviously, if somebody comes out of nowhere, some undrafted guy comes and and you're like, holy, sh-, you know, holy shit, how'd this guy get you know not drafted? But it takes, I think, it takes a a, a big special a special talent to say, all right, well, we're gonna cut our our fifth or sixth round draft pick, you know, for for some somebody that you never heard of before. It's- Especially the Packers. We, we yeah. covet those draft picks so much. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but I do believe, before we move to cornerback, that inside linebacker is our weakest position across the entire football team. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, we, we, we got to I – mean, were, you, were you or were you not surprised with the Kamal Martin cut? Especially oh, yeah. after, what, the second game? It so it wasn't at, even the final cut. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure we, we could probably spend uh, – half an episode talking simply about that decision and and what we thought i i don't understand it i I personally don't understand it he was a fourth or fifth maybe six on pick last year out of minnesota i thought he showed flashes of really good play we fucked around with his position moving him from inside to outside linebacker back to inside linebacker and i thought every time he was on the this and and I'm, i'm pretty Again, we go back to we kept Ty Summers and cut that guy, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't really understand what the reasoning behind it was, but he got scooped up within like hours. Yeah. So well, I mean, you think he's young? He 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 was a a twenty twenty draft pick, you know. So he was and he was ahead of Chris Barnes for a minute, and then I think he got hurt, and then Barnes yeah. kind of took over. Uh, and I know he got hurt too over uh you know during the off season. I think he was banged up coming into the preseason, but. Uh, I was really shocked that they let him go before even the final cuts. And I, I feel like if he was a final cut, I would have been like, oh, I guess, I guess I could see it. Maybe you see something more in McDuffie than you do him. And, and maybe he just, he's not a special teams guy. So, you know, you, you remove the comparison of him and Summers because you're really leaning on Summers to be a special teams guy. So I don't know. It just was weird that it happened um, before the final preseason game. So. I just yeah. wanted to make sure we, we brought that up. No, definitely. I appreciate it because I kind of forgot. Um, 
I'm just, I'm not overly happy. I don't like this room as the talent in it. I hope this Devondre Campbell um, is so much better than the the bum we brought in last year. And for everyone listening, I I couldn't play this position. So they're (laughs) bums because I call them bums for not making plays. In the end, way better athletes than I'll ever dream to be. But um, we brought in a guy last year. He did not play well. We ended up cutting him, and now we brought in this Devondra Campbell from Atlanta, I believe. He was cut, and then we're hoping he has better impact than than uh, Christian – what's his last name? Kirksey. Christian Kirksey that we brought in last year. Anyways, not to belabor the inside linebackers, definitely, in my opinion, our weakest position. And um, they kind of just got to hold the line, ensure that that front five can, can get something – yeah, it's good. Like you said, it's going to rely on Campbell, I think. We know Barnes yeah. is good, but it's going to be what Campbell brings, um, and that's really going to dictate um, the strength of that position, I guess. Yeah, here's, here's the last thing I'll say on it. We do not expect this position to make plays. Right? They're going to – they're not they're like splash plays. They're not going to have a lot of tackles for loss. They're most likely not going to have a lot of interceptions. They're not going to have – they're not going to play like Lance Briggs or – you know, the the great middle linebackers we've seen around the league for the past X amount of years, it's, they're just going to, they're just going to be there and, and they'll, they'll make a tackle when they need to, but they're not, there's no explosive and there's no splash plays in, in this group, unless Devondra Campbell um, plays really well. Yeah. So we moved to cornerback. This was a surprise to me, um, two surprises to me. And, and I'm glad you brought up the Kamal Martin cut because I'm going to bring up the, the Hallman trade to the Texans because I think the cornerback room with keeping Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Chandon Sullivan, Eric Stokes, Isaac Yadam, Shamal Jean Charles. And then we kept KB and Ento on the practice squad. So I think we went from a, a deep position of strength to one injury puts us in a really bad spot. Um, well, I guess one injury, meaning injury to Jair. I even say an injury to Jair, Kevin or, King, or Eric Stokes. Because yeah. you lose – you just lose your flexibility. Because Kadar Holman could come in and play slot, and he could play outside. Yeah, um, that was a really interesting trade because – and, and – you know, we met. We were messaging about this too. Coming into the off season, like before even preseason started, we were excited about a few guys that aren't on this roster anymore. Yeah, I mean Holman that's every year. That's every uh, year, but Holman's one for sure. Yeah, and and like Stanford Samuels, I thought like he was gonna make the jump, and and that, I mean, he wasn't right. You were you were we were talking about this. You said he was getting pretty much torched in practice, um, you know, but, th- but coming into the season, those were two guys for me that I really thought, uh, and even that Ento, KB and Ento, I-, I thought that like, okay, these are going to be the guys that are going to vie for the roster. Like they're going to push and, and, you know, most of them, none of them are here. Well, Ento is on the practice squad, but they're all either, yeah. you know, Holman was traded and the other two were cut. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Isaac Yadam. Um, you might as well have just kept Josh Jackson, who knew the system. 
I think Yadam is is really bad. If we have to go to him during the season, he's going to get torched. He's going to get annihilated, and and he's the only way we cover up his poor play is because we have amazing safeties. But I don't want to spend too much time on this group. I was disappointed with the Hallman trade. He was one of my like players to watch this year, possibly taking like a spot from Channing Sullivan in the slot. That Shamar John Charles, I've heard, is really talented, but not ready at all. He probably won't even be on the active 47 or whatever it is, 46 on game day. Like, he's super raw. I think he was a fifth-round pick. I was excited about the pick when we drafted him, but I don't see him having much of an impact. If so, it'll be on special teams. And then I paid for the Athletic, and they actually – a lot of times have amazing articles with like insider stuff, you know? Yeah. And I wrote a really good story on KB and Ento and I'm not, I'm still not happy. We moved him to the practice squad and kept Isaac Yadam. Cause I'd rather have KB and Ento who has the upside he has than this guy who was drafted in the third round, who has just been a, a bust for what he should have been. Um, but I guess KB and Ento was a wide receiver turned into a cornerback and the guy cannot tackle like, yeah. Just, yeah, I was and reading I, that too, and 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 you could see it too in some of the games. Oh yeah, he just doesn't. He he, and I mean, you're asking a guy that's never really had to tackle to now, you have to tackle, bro. Like, you know what I mean? That there's no way around it. You can't hide that. Like when you play defense, you have to tackle yeah, at some but, point. But I think that could really help him with the fundamentals and the technique, and and I mean. I think there's 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 upside to having him there, and and I wouldn't be a hundred percent surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be that surprised if by the end of the year we cut this Isaac Yadam and KB and Ento is on the on the lawsuit. Yeah, because I just don't low see risk enough. high reward, right? Because... Yeah, because this this Yadam man, I'm telling you, dude, it, I'm I'm gonna lose my mind if if he's on the field over like a Channon Sullivan, which he won't be, but I'd rather play the third safety. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, get a different, I mean, cause I, he I came, I mean, the giants were absolutely torched in their secondary last season. So like, it's hard to see like any kind of glimmer of hope for this guy. So it's, it's, which we already, right. We already had that feeling with Josh Jackson. So at least, you know, we knew what to expect. Yeah. Uh, and so, to, uh, and to bring our listeners in, um, I think after the first preseason game, the Packers traded Josh Jackson, who was a third-round pick, for Isaac Yadam to the New York Giants, who was also a third-round pick. Same draft. I think it was three years ago. And pretty much they just decided to swap trash. Um, I don't really understand why. I think the <laughs> the contracts are exactly the same. So it, it has no effect other than the Packers possibly saw something more upside in this guy than Josh Jackson. But – I just think they swap yeah. two, ba- two bags of trash. But sometimes a change of scenery helps. But I guess it's a like, again the, the the risk the risk reward, right? Because Josh Jackson he obviously wasn't gonna. Yeah, Josh Jackson could hack it. Us. Yep. So then I think we move we move to what, in my opinion, is the strength of our defense. Understand it's only two players on the field at a time, but I think. They they both are really good players, and that's to the safety position where you have Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, and then we also kept Henry Black and Vernon Scott with Innes Gaines, who we talked 
Cuts was one of my guys that I thought would make the team. I'm glad he's on the practice squad. Um, I think he's a really high energy, fun, fun guy, and and he's he's reckless, but at times he's like controlled reckless. Um, but again, those are guys that most likely won't see the field much. Those guys, Amos and Savage, uh, do. They're just as important as the pass rush, in my opinion. Um, Jair's going to do Jair things. Like, he's going to be on an island. He's going to keep his guy locked down. The problem is Kevin King and then Shannon Sullivan in the slot, those middle linebackers covering tight ends, and um, possibly Eric Stokes as a rookie getting thrown into the fire. And and Savage and Amos are just going to have to kind of cover up a lot of those mistakes. And I think that's what they did last year. Savage just didn't get the the love around the league. Um, But I see potentially two pro bowlers out of like a pro bowl out of each of them and talks about, you know, maybe not, I'm not going to go defensive player of the year because I think that's hard for safety, but I think they're going to, they're going to be talked about around the league, which is going to increase the talk around the league about us having one of the best secondaries in the league, even with um, a liability right now as our second cornerback. Yeah, I think we have one of the best safety tandems in the league. We definitely don't get the love for it, um, which is fine, right? I mean, that's not, you know, it's whatever. Uh, we're we're kind of used to that being from Wisconsin. Our sports teams are always overlooked uh, and underrated, uh, regardless of, you know, what what's going on. And, and if you have the best player in the world at that sport on your team, you still overlook. But um I think that that there really wasn't any surprise there. Uh, I think for me, the surprise was that uh, the draft pick up off didn't make the team. Yeah, I was a little surprised. He seemed more. Um, I mean, on the practice squad, not. I'm not. I knew he wasn't going to make the 53, but so I'll I clarify thought, that. I thought he was a little more, or he was less reckless than Ennis Gaines. Not as exciting, um, but I think I don't know what they saw in this Gaines guy, but. And we'll see, you know, dude. Yeah, yeah. Possibly... Sometimes that 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 style of play. Sometimes if you got somebody that can that can control around that guy, those are the guys that make those those crazy interceptions and and tackles out of nowhere, fumble recoveries, and things like that. So maybe that's what they see. Yeah, who knows? I'm excited to see the safety group. They'll line up with Jair, and I do see a I do see a, a good year out of Kevin King. I want to throw that out there. I do. I hope. I hope Kevin King goes out and plays to where we don't get to see Stokes this year. I but, think Stokes Stokes takes over by, I don't know, week seven. I'll just throw that out there. All right. All right. That's first hot take of, of uh, <laughs> episode three. And then uh, we'll finish this up with the specialist. I really don't want to spend a lot of time here. We got no. old reliable Mason Crosby. Crosby. Oh, reliable. Did you see that? Mason Crosby. How are you not going to call me out for calling him Crosby? Oh, I didn't even hear it, man. I, I was even... thinking about him missing that preseason uh, man, field goal st- from like five yards away. My stomach growling. I'm talking about berries. <laughs> uh, that punter we traded for, which I can't say his name, so he's just going to be Bojo. And then uh, Hunter Bradley, who he's to me, he's on the – He's on the short end of the stick to get cut, and then this guy we signed to the practice squad as a long snapper. Because Bradley has a lot 
of bad snaps. But yeah. again, we're not gonna. We've talked enough about special teams. They can make yeah. or break a team. Yeah, he's on pack. a short leash. We got a guy in the practice squad. Normally, that doesn't happen too often. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's pretty so, clear. I think offensively, our strength is obviously quarterback. Well, I think we're really strong offensively. I don't. I'm not even going to call. We're gonna. It's going to be interesting to see how this offensive line holds up, and it's going to be once again on our defense and special teams to pull the weight of. You know, I don't. I don't want to have to score 35 points a game. I would love to score 35 points a game, but I don't want to have points a game to win. Yeah, that's a. There's um, a big difference in that, in needing it and just doing it. So, if you're comfortable, um, you want to move into this regular season discussion. Down, we'll throw out who we think week by week, um, and then at the end, we'll talk about you know you have them going X and X, and I have them going X and X, and we don't need to spend a lot of time. This will just be kind of cool to look back on after the season. Uh, I guess who's who was on top and who was who was not. I I do want to say that it's very interesting that. Almost every, I think almost every guy on our practice squad was on the on the what ninety man roster at yeah. some point. Yeah. So every single, all even six, that, even that Chris Blair guy, right? He was yeah. he was with us earlier in the off season. All sixteen were retained. Nobody was picked up on waivers. That's very interesting. It is. I agree. And it, and we didn't go out and grab anybody else, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which we usually do, but I don't know. That's we'll the, see. It's a that's a I mean that's just being confident in 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 your your GM and and your coaches that and you it have is, the right guys. It's the third year in the floor system, so that could just have something to do with it. You know, like hey, yeah. I'm comfortable with what we got here. Let's let's just let's keep let's keep going at it. Hundred percent. So let's go uh, game by game, right? You have the schedule yep. up. Yep. So week one, we got New Orleans. Uh, you, I say you, I think we're gonna win. You start off on the odds, and I'll start off on the evens. All right, I say we win. No Drew Brees, um, no uh, Michael Thomas, right? I don't think I think he's on the on the pup. He is, and and yes, I I agree. I think we win. I think um, Jameis Winston has the upside to have a good game, but he also is almost it's almost imperative that he makes mistakes, and, and I think we'll take advantage of that. Uh, and yeah. it's not at home, right? It is at the Saints, but it's in Jacksonville. Yeah. All right, week two, we got versus Detroit, so that's at home. Um, that's a Monday night game on ESPN, Lambeau Field, opening night. Uh, that's a that's a W in my opinion. I, I just don't think we let – Detroit always plays us hard, but I think the fact that it's Monday night and the first game at Lambeau, that crowd's going to be insane. Uh but I have a W. Yeah. All right. No. Week... Yeah or no? No, I was saying no, no, uh, no rebuttal for me. All right. Week three, we're going to go to San Francisco, and that's a night. That's a Sunday night game. Oh, man. The, the thing about San Francisco that is just – that worries me is just, like, the, the history, right, of the last – whatever six seven seasons we just haven't really been we haven't played them well yeah I feel like we've always had an off game uh is that in san francisco or is that here i didn't no it's in san francisco man oh shit bosa's back 
young offensive line on our side. I think we lose that game. All right. I also think we lose, but I'm going to throw a caveat in there. I think this is the first time we see Aaron Rodgers, you know, his famous line after the draft was they're going to be more disappointed they didn't draft me or whatever he said. I think he has a huge game for the first time against San Francisco and in San Francisco in his career, but I do think we lose. Um, I feel like they should already um, they should already regret not picking him. Well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, but they beat us, you know, yeah. time and time again. Um, all right, week four at or at home against Pittsburgh. I actually see this as a W real quick. I just don't think Big Ben is the player he once was. And without a very good quarterback play, you struggle. Um, but J.J. Watt, or, sorry, T.J. Watt on the other side is scary. Their defense is good, but I think we got to win at home. Yeah, I'm a little, man, I'm iffy. I'm iffy about that game. Uh, just because Pittsburgh is always sneaky good, their defense is good. Um, but I'll roll with you. I think we win that game. All right, week five at Cincinnati. Uh, when? Yeah, when? I'm not, too, I'm not too scared of them, even if Joe Burrow's rocking and rolling again. So we go to Chicago. I don't think Chicago is going to be very good this year. I'm actually not even that impressed preseason-wise with their defense. I have a win. Um, I don't know who beats us in the NFC North this year, but that's a win for me. Yeah. Do you think Fields is playing by then? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, I, I also see it as a win because I'll never say we'll lose to the Bears. Fuck the Bears. Yeah, that's true. That's a fact, too. Uh, so, week seven, we're going to go back home against Washington. Man, I think we lose that game. There, I, I think people, are they, they look at Washington, and it's very underrated, man. That defense is really good, and they have some great weapons on offense. Scary Terry, you know what I mean. If Curtis Samuel is, is healthy, because I know they signed him, um, that would be that would be huge for them. But even you know, good tight end Logan Thomas, you know Gibson, good running back Fitzpatrick can air the ball out. He's, I think he, him and Jameis are kind of the same, but I think Fitzpatrick finds a way to win more than Jameis does. You know, they're kind of reckless out there, but like a Brett Favre reckless almost. You know what I mean? So I. I with that defense and no Bakhtiari, or oh wait, that's the game that Bakhtiari's back. Could come back. So that's that's what's leaning. I, I have us winning because the return okay. of David Bakhtiari. But that defense okay. is good. But we get yeah, we can put a we can put a star on that one because if if he comes back that the when he's supposed to, then I'll give the edge to the pack. But if he's not back, I don't know. All right, so week eight, we're gonna go to Arizona. And this is a loss for me. What Just, what about that game is... Uh... Uh, I think we historically play bad against running quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks, and I yeah. think their defense is really good. So I think we're going to struggle to... It's at Arizona, so in the Dome. This one actually is an asterisk for me as well. Uh, the more I'm thinking about it, uh, Aaron Rodgers is just fucking scorched earth in Domes, but... I think we're going to struggle keeping that offense uh, at bay and they're going to end up. I think if, if 
bosses I have on, on mine right now could be a win, but I'm, I'm leaning toward it now. Yeah, I think I, I'm going to go win. I'm going to say um, the defense pulls through and wins us the game. That's a hot take because I don't even, you know, that's that's way ahead. But like a fumble for a touchdown or a pick six, something like that, that's what's going to win the game for us. Uh, Kyler, you know, he's he's good. He's I like watching him play. Um, so that you know, is a primetime game. I meant to say it's a Thursday. Okay, Jair against uh, D Hop, dude. That's going to be amazing. But oh yeah, it's uh, going to give us the win. Okay, week nine to you. We are going to Kansas City. Oh, 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 oh man, oh man. Let's see. Looking at the Super Bowl, I thought for sure we would have also beat Kansas City. I agree with um, that. I know that they they did try to shore up their offensive line, and and obviously that was the the thing that really hurt them the most. And it showed that even with the best quarterback, you know, in our, or one of the best quarterbacks, you know, Mahomes is amazing. So I'm not going to take anything away from him. I have bias with Rogers that he's a Packer, but um, you know what I mean. It they showed what a defense can do against you know, a, a weak offensive line. So I know they shored it up, but but I, I also don't know if we have that caliber defense that Tampa Bay has. Um, they have speed. Um, you know, we have talented guys, but, you know, they they have some, some good talent as well. So I'm going to say we, we, we lose that game. Yeah, I have a – so I do want to say – well, one I have as a loss as well, mainly because it's in Kansas City – if this was in Green Bay, I think I'd, um, I'd probably lean towards Green Bay. You know, first game in November, afternoon game, those games at Lambeau are always fun, you know, 35 degrees, 40 degrees out, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do have us losing mainly because it's in Kansas City. But this is the game. By week nine, I think we fully understand what we have at outside linebacker. That's the only comment I want to have. Um Kansas City is a team that you need to have a pass rush in order to do really yeah. anything at all. And if, you know, Preston Smith, Sedarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, and, and some of those defensive front, those front three, um, we either get blown out because our defense, our front seven is just not about it, or they, they keep us in the game. But I think we'll, not to belabor this one, but I think we'll compete with them offensively. It'll be a high-scoring game. It'll be it'll come down to can we stop them, and um, at home, uh, away I don't believe uh, we pull this one out, which takes us to week ten versus Seattle. Um, I got this as a dub. Does it play well? Green Bay. Um, similar to you, I'll never one say we will lose the Bears, but two I'll never say we'll lose to Seattle. They're like fuck. <laughs> Um, there's nothing more I like than to beat the Bears, beat the Vikings, and beat Pete Carroll's punk ass. So uh, I have this as a win. Yeah, I'll say I'm going to say win too. Um, usually we kind of struggle, I feel, against Seattle, but uh, I think I think them coming to Green Bay, uh, it's just something about it. I don't I don't really feel as threatened by Seattle as I did maybe two seasons ago. So then we move to Week 11. At Minnesota. W. I got a W, too. Don't need to spend time. Week 12, I have us. So we have a week 13 bye. So this is pre-bye. 
and we are at home against the Rams. <clears throat> oh, 12th, so this is mine. Um, I have a loss. If this was still uh, the numbskull that's now on the Detroit uh, Lions but and not Matt Stafford, I would have this as a win. But Matt Stafford has proven time and time again that he plays well at Lambeau Field, whether it's cold or not, and he will do that again. And I think their defense is stout, and I think we struggle and we lose this one at home. Yeah, this is a tough game because, um, I mean, they're a Super Bowl contender just based off their defense alone. Uh, I don't – Stafford, is obvi- to me, is an obvious upgrade to Jared Goff. Uh, just in terms of fuck everything, I guess. Now, so yeah, <laughs> talent, experience. You know, obviously, Goff's younger, but uh, I've always admired watching Stafford play. Oh, I, I think have too. He I is, think that he was on Detroit. Yeah. Well, you know what though? Actually, out of all the teams in the NFC North, I hate Detroit the least. So oh, I yeah, I, me too. Because I suck. still could find like a small ounce of appreciation for when he'd make. Uh, the games against us like absolute nail biters or beat us you know so um that team and i don't i i'm not big i'm never really big on hype you know that man i i I don't like the 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 hype trains and i'm more of the underdog and the underrated kind of guy but they them getting stafford i think is really gonna push them over the edge i don't think they're gonna win the super bowl or anything like that I, i think that uh we stand a chance at that too but uh it's really going to make them a different team and i agree with you that where they're going to hurt is the running game but with sean mcveigh i think they can put together something that's pedestrian enough to allow them to not be one-dimensional so i yeah i have this as yeah. a loss matt stafford has worked with less too anyway yeah do you so you have this as a loss as well yeah all right so then we go into a bye week and then we jump on Week to week 14 at home, Sunday night, Chicago. I think we're going to beat these clowns. This is where we do see Justin Fields, and I think he gets uh, welcomed to Lambeau very kindly, and he does not play well. Uh, yep, yeah, again, I won't, I won't say we lose to Chicago. So uh, I agree. I actually think Fields is, is, playing in the first game but uh yeah I, I i don't know nothing about them really scares me even with fields i, I mean nothing the, the highlights from preseason he was throwing the guys that were wide open so i don't know if that's uh play calling or if that's just playing in the preseason against guys that you know maybe not even make a roster so yeah I'm not super did. impressed by them He was also playing against second and third string defenses. And we talked about when we went over the roster, we talked about how important the offensive line is. His offensive line line is ass. So when he starts playing against those those ones and and is running around uh, like wild trying to get that ball off, he's going to – a lot of mistakes are going to show. And in the end, I think we just beat the brakes off of him. And I wouldn't like anything more than like a fucking 56 to nothing <laughs> Some just, college blowout. Dude, I, it's I, December 12th, it's going to be cold, Lambeau Field, yeah. I, I have to throw something out there, man. I After watching uh, Ohio State's um, college playoff run, I really was pulling for Fields. Uh, just because he, he was out there banged up, didn't, you know, he was trying his ass off, giving 120%. 
he seemed just like a humble dude. And then yeah, he that... got drafted by the Bears, and I immediately was like, can't cheer for him. Which was a big thing for me to get to a point to cheer for an Ohio State guy because I'm a Badger fan, you know? Yeah, that's and a no for out, me, dog. Shout out to my buddy uh, Kenneth Blacks. He's an Ohio State guy. Me and him uh, talk back and forth. Um, but uh, I was really going to pull for his dude, and, and then he went to the Bears, so that was a wrap for that. All right, so we come out of Chicago week 15 at Baltimore. Shit, man, we got a tough schedule. We do. Um, Let's see. Baltimore, man, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson makes a mistake, and we win the game. All right, I have it as a loss. We go back to that running quarterback. Um, I know Justin Fields is a running quarterback, everybody, but uh, yeah, it's a no for me. Anyways, Lamar Jackson, I think, just beats us again. It's on the road. Difficult to win in a place like Baltimore. Sunday, December 19th. Probably going to be cold. It's good for both teams, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I, I have that as a loss. And then week 16. This one's a fun one. Um, sorry, week – yeah. Week 16, we got the Cleveland Browns Christmas Day. And I think it's the only Christmas Day game. If it's not the only Christmas Day game, it's the only Christmas Day game at 425 Eastern. So if you look back historically, we have straight annihilated teams on Christmas Day. From Tennessee Titans to the Chicago Bears in 2012. And I don't think that stops. I think Cleveland is going to be good this year. But I think we just wipe. I think we just fuck them up. Um, I don't know if it'll be like that. But I think I don't see us losing to them. I, I don't. I don't know. Nothing about them really. Well, I guess Miles Garrett, obviously. But. When I say fuck them up, I'm talking like 35-21, 35-17. Like, we're not going to yeah. blow them, blow them out. But I, I think just Christmas Day, Lambeau Field, that crowd insane. It's probably going to be just cold as sh- Cold and polar bears. Yeah, I, might have, I might have to go to that game. Yeah, that would be mad as shit. All right, so let's jump. Team, uh, what home against Minnesota? Man, I guess I feel like they they could sneak one in this year. Yeah, I think if they're going to sneak one in, it's going to be at their place. I just don't think January 2nd with the weather in Minnesota, I mean the weather in Green Bay, let's not forget Minnesota does practice and play in a dome. Um, I get it. They live in the cold, but they don't play football. Yeah. Now, so I, mean, I have it as a win. I think, I think that's, you know, in that kind of weather is where your ground game really comes into play. I think that's going to hurt them losing um, Irv Smith, the tight end. For I think he's out for the season. He is, um, yeah. I know they have Conklin was, was kind of getting in towards the end. And they traded for um, the dude from the Jets, but he's pretty much been a bust. And I only know that because I've drafted him in fantasy and he's never done shit. He can't stay healthy. Um, he does have potential, but I think Thielen is going to drop off this year. Uh Justin Jefferson's amazing, and Dalvin Cook is amazing, but he could be banged up by this time of the year, so I'll say we win. I'll go back. I, at first, I was thinking maybe they'd sneak this one in, but I just talked myself out of it. 
And then week 18, we finished the season up in Detroit. We just bashed Jared Goff. And, but they, they could, by you know week 18, they could be a little full on all those kneecaps. So uh, <laughs> I, got it, I got it as a win. I definitely don't think we're going to lose to Detroit this year. I, I think they're the worst team without Matt Stafford. And we didn't lose last year. Um, and I think we're a better team overall this year. Um, yeah, I, they, I mean, they lost a lot of their receiving threats. They did. They did. Uh, most, I mean, all of them. Yeah, Marvin, Marvin Jones, Galladay. Who so, else did they? That leaves me at twelve and five, and that leaves you at thirteen and four. I feel remember, like that's. I can. I can rock with that. That seems pretty realistic. Remember, everyone, this is the first year of seventeen regular season games, so that's why. Both of us have an odd number. If, if anyone forgot, we do know what we're talking about a little bit. But yeah, I'm comfortable with 12 and five. I think that's that's kind of where I've rocked all off season. Uh, well, yeah. since training camp, every time someone asks me, um, and now really going through it and making a, a concerted effort, uh, I think. Again, there's a game like Arizona we can win, in my opinion. But I think there's a there's a there's a few games on there that I'm I'm definitely a little worried about. Yeah, uh, our well, schedule is definitely tough. Oh, it I, is. But I, I, I still I think we win the division. All right, so running into that, let's talk about it. NFC North, you got the Packers. Definitely. I also have the Packers. NFC South. Tampa. Tampa for me too. NFC West, which in my opinion is the best division in football, but. Um, I mean, shit, you got the Rams, right? It's, as long as Stafford stays healthy, I'd say the Rams. If for some reason he gets banged up, I'll say Arizona. You potentially have four teams here that can be above 500, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that I think is, is the best, probably the best division in the league. Oh, but I, in terms of com- competitiveness. But I think overall, the best division, not, maybe not by far, but. Yeah, by far. Did you know, yeah. according to Vegas, it's uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Seattle, then Arizona? Really? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have had that. I would have had – so I have the Rams winning it as well. And my number two is also Arizona, and then San Francisco, and then Seattle. But, dude, that I think any of those teams can win, win it. It's just it's gonna be. That's, it's really scary when you think about this, like the starting rosters. I oh mean, yeah. L A, San Francisco, and Arizona. Those three have the, the really great defenses. Seattle, not so much. But you look at offense. Just even the quarterbacks. Then you go down receiver wise, and then the. I guess where where they're gonna struggle, I think, is running back. Kind of great running backs. San Fran's always good on. Uh... Running backs, but that here's, committee. Yeah, here's here's my thought on San Francisco. I know a lot of people have them as one of the major roadblocks to the Packers reaching the Super Bowl. I think they have a drop off defensively with Roberts. He was just that good of a defensive coach. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting division to watch. Um, yeah, then we wrap gonna... up the NFC. Yeah, it'll just be interesting across the board. Some of those Seattle versus Arizona. Versus San Francisco or San Fran against Arizona. Yeah, I hope, Dude, those I games hope we are get to be... catch those games. I really want to see those. Yeah, I, I, I haven't looked at 
overall schedule, but I have a feeling some of those are going to be night games and Monday night, those that, you know what I mean? Cause yeah, they're just, they're exciting and, and they were a good division last year. If you really take out San Francisco with the injuries um, and the year before they went to the Super Bowl, So you can't exactly say like San Francisco's washed up. I just think they're yeah, going to drop yeah. off. And then we wrap it up the NFC with the NFC East. I think this is the worst division in football. Um, the Giants are going to be trash. I can't even remember their fourth team. Wow. I'm So it's Washington, Dallas, New York Giants, and I'm completely blanking out on the fourth team. Um, that's how least respect I have for them. Philly. Oh, God. Yeah, Philly. That's <laughs> embarrassing. Um, Philly and the Giants will compete for that possibly compete for that number one pick next year um man you think you think that bad i i think they're just gonna be bad as a division i wouldn't be surprised if the winner is eight nine again under 500 but yeah winning that division uh the division of trash but that's mainly because they have a stout defense and fitz fitz magic just can't go out and lose like blatantly lose games yeah and i think i think like i know you look at history in terms of the Super Bowl, guys like Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson, they won Super Bowls. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, I think you don't necessarily need a stud quarterback to win a Super Bowl, but you need that defense. That's always a thing, right? That's yeah. the, the common denominator. And I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I'm saying that that the way their team is made up is why they'll run away with that division. I, I don't think – Dallas will be uh, close to Washington. So the only thing I'll say about the quarterback play um, that you had brought up, my only like rebuttal to that, or I guess uh, a little bit of just consternation is the rules since the Dilfu and that have come, have changed a lot. Yeah. To where, you, that. you know, when Dilfu won with Tampa Bay, that defense was allowed to be mean. Defenses ain't allowed to be mean no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but you're not wrong. Could they win with Fitz? I, if in the end Washington's playing in a Super Bowl, I would not be amazed. Right? I'd be like, hey, they got their team one the one way that they thought they could get. Now, yeah. if Fitz comes out and plays like an MVP, then they should. <laughs> I don't there. think we're gonna have. I don't think we have to worry about that. But but then I'll be like the top five defense. <clears throat> Yeah. But yeah, so NFC, I think, you know, we both have the Packers, Bucks, Rams, and Washington. Um, wait, did you know you picked Arizona? Sorry. No, I I picked, I said if Stafford's hurt. Oh, yeah, Arizona you're right. Will, you're right. Yeah. And then out of the NFC, just, we're just going to jump real quick. Who's representing the Super Bowl? Uh, man, that's tough. I, my heart has to say Packers. Uh, but if I was gonna pick, if the, if somebody said, "Hey, Packers aren't gonna make make it," who do you think was gonna make it? Uh, I would go with the Rams. All right, I don't I don't disagree with you there. I'm going Green Bay all the way. Only it's like a ninety percent emotional decision, but that's also a ten percent. I think we're better than we were last year. I, I truly do. Um, 
But okay, I, I I can't disagree with you, Rams pick. If I had to pick a number two and, and someone said I have to put my entire life savings on the line and Green Bay couldn't be it, I'd probably go with uh, L.A. or Tampa Bay. But emotionally... I feel like, yeah, it's just like obvious. Like those picks seem so obvious. But emotionally, I can't go with Tampa Bay. I just have a feeling they're going to have a drop-off. And Yeah. But their division's pretty bad, so... Um, so we'll jump to the AFC. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time. I don't watch a lot of AFC personally. Well, I'm not really invested in the AFC because the only time it matters is the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Because if we lose a football, if we lose a regular season game to an AFC opponent, if we lose to an NFC opponent, I, I'm pretty upset because it that does matter, right? In the AFC for the AFC. Like, we'll either see you in the Super Bowl or we won't, you know? Um, yeah. Now, I watch that. I watch AFC because I watch a lot of football, but there's no emotion tied to it at all. Um, so the AFC North, we'll go the same way, North, South, West, East. Uh, AFC North, I have I have the Browns. Wow. Okay. I have the Browns on top of the Ravens. Um, man, I have this funny feeling, dude, that the Steelers are going to win that division. All right. All right. Again, I think the second best division in football behind the NFC West, but they're good. I mean, the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers. Yeah, I don't, it's something, something about it. Just, uh, I think Najee Harris is going to be a stud. I think he's going to be one of those guys that just comes in right away and, and, is a is a professional, you know, coming from Alabama. But uh, I feel like it's something about it. I, I don't know. Maybe that's a hot take for me on on this whole thing. But I think the Steelers are going to win that division. I don't think Jake Lane is happy somewhere listening to this. Yeah, shout out Jake. I don't think that's that a, that's a huge hot take. But I don't think and I, I don't think Cincinnati is going to be as bad as last year. So I think it's a good division. I think the Browns take it, but. I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers and Ravens did. Um, jumping to the AFC South, I have Tennessee. I don't think this is a very competitive division. Indianapolis no. could could potentially make it a little competitive because they have a good defense. But yeah, but Wentz Wentz would have to like Wentz would have to be in in like Super Bowl form. Wentz's ass. Yeah, I don't know, man. I they were a good team last year, but I I like Philip Rivers. I, I have. You know, he was one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. He was like a Stafford guy, right? Like, yeah, they just fucking the ball all over the field. There's probably nothing in the world I like about Philip Rivers, so we could probably move on from that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like them in fantasy, so uh, uh, shout out to Philip Rivers. AFC um, West. I think this is a lock. Yeah, I think so. Kansas City. Uh, I mean, last year I, I thought the Raiders were going to be better than what they were. And I don't know if this whole uh, Gruden experiment is has been worth it for them because, I mean, on paper they should be a lot better. But I, I think they can't comp- – they're not going to compete. Broncos suck. Um, oh, the Chargers, though, man. I don't know. My man Herbert, uh, they might push, but I, I don't I don't think um, – you know what, man? I'm going with another hot take. Fuck it, man. Chargers win that division. All right. I see you woke up and ate your Wheaties today, my guy. <laughs> um, 
And then last division, AFC East. I personally don't see this as a competitive division. Without the Patriots, it's just not that competitive. Um, I got the Bills. Yeah, I'm, I, I was struggling with that, too, because, you know, if if Miami can take that next step, you know, they, they did have, um, you know, they did have some some uh, promise. But I think right now you have to you have to go with the Bills. It just seems like there's really no way you could just it'd have to be like a lot of what ifs. Right. Like, oh, what if Mac Jones? What if the defense is back to how it used to be? Like, that's a lot of what ifs. So. Um, to and for any team, for you know, not just for uh, the Patriots, but the Dolphins, um, and uh, what's the other team? The Jets. The Jets. Oh, the Jets are ass. Jets are ass. I do think <laughs> I think they'll be better than last year. I like Zach Wilson, and I really like Robert Sala and old uh, Mikey Lafleur. Um, I, I like yeah. what the Jets think, are doing. I think they're going to be. <laughs> I feel bad because I'm like, man, I think. Um, I, I don't, I think I'm trying to think of how to say this. They, they have a future with, with Wilson, I think. Um, I think they have a future with Wilson. They have a good quarterback. Their GM still, in my opinion, subpar, which means they're going to continue to be ass until yeah. something changes. So ass, you can move to the next one. Anyways, that's it. Who do you got coming out of the AFC to play the Packers or the Rams from your side? Um... I, I don't know. I don't know how you'd not say the Chiefs. Even if even if even though I don't have them win the division, I still don't I don't know. I, I think come Bills. playoff time it's different. I got the Bills. I think Josh Allen continues his play. Their defense is good and I think it's Packers Bills Super Bowl 56, 57. All right. And uh okay. So well, that wraps up. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say what you were about to say. Uh, well, I'm going to cut you off real quick. It is not a hot take. They made it to the AFC Championship game last year. I'm not out here saying the Chargers are going to win the AFC West, so calm down there. <laughs> You're just throwing hot hot takes out like hot cakes. I haven't. Anyways, so now last segment, we'll talk about the dis- and, um Wisconsin Badgers football, for those of you college or don't follow football or something like that um i i'm pretty i'm still pretty disappointed about it i think our season is all but over for any hopes of going to college football playoff um 100 percent. and that's okay i'm realistic i didn't really see there being much hope for us to make it to the playoff but i didn't think we'd lose the first game Openings of the season at home against Penn State, you know, a, a conference rival. With all the hype behind Mertz, the quarterback, Jack Cohn leaves because we're basically saying Mertz is the guy. He goes to Notre Dame. He's has a lights out game last night, four touchdowns, you know, and it's just like, and I don't know, it's just very disappointing. Yeah, it's, it is, and I, you wonder how much the middle linebacker, I, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, it starts with a C, um, you you wonder how much would have changed with their starting, because our linebackers, on our, for the Wisconsin Badgers, linebackers are everything, right? Yeah. Like, 
that middle linebacker being out could have literally been, who knows, like another pressure. But I'm just so disappointed in our safety play and cornerback play. Like, they were a one-trick pony on Saturday, and we let them trick us five times with that one-trick pony. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm disappointed as Helen Mertz. Um, he is young. He's a sophomore. He had a COVID last year. Missed a lot of practice time, missed a lot of development time. I am disappointed in him. I'm not as disappointed as I am in the safety play because you have two seniors back there with uh, Scott Nelson and, and I forget the name of the other guy. But how do you how do you let one guy beat you over the top five times? You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when your front seven's playing as well as we were, and that quarterback was rattled. You know, um, I mean, he overthrew multiple touchdowns. He underthrew the guy by 10 yards on the last the last long completion and Scott Nelson was still beat, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I I have to say we we really should have lost by a lot more. Their, their quarterback made a lot of mistakes and it, but they weren't mistakes because of like pressure or good coverage. They were just bad throws. So and and our our secondary did get hit over the you know over the year from drafting you know the draft picks or people going to the nfl uh and then the transfer portal we did lose a lot of the secondary so i already came into the season knowing that that was going to be a wild card for us the secondary but our linebackers are always good they are recently they've been very good um we usually have a good line but i just felt that our offense was the thing that was the most disappointing uh we were running the ball pretty well but Mertz just he looked like like a fucking freshman that had never played football before almost like yeah unfortunately he didn't he didn't look the part even toward even compared to what he looked like towards the end of the season before yeah and then but you even see Jack Cohn yeah well you're mad because like, we let Cohn leave and kept Moats and Moats played like trash and Cohn played well I, I am upset about that as well but I'm going to attempt to I mean we were bashing Moats on our Facebook Messenger yesterday uh, so if you even listen to this, Graham, I apologize. I was pretty mean about it. It was just emotions. Don't take it personal, even though you ain't ever going to hear this. Um, but I do want to like give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt because I thought our offensive line played really well run blocking wise, but were really, really shaky pass blocking. He, he yeah, not... there were some, but you know, like the, the, the botched handoffs, yeah, I, I don't think, know if the first I, I one was his fault. I think you just got to put it – no, but – no, yeah, the one guy, he dropped it. But I just think quarterback is always the leader of the offense, so he's automatically going to take extra flack for that. So that's yeah. why if I'm pinpointing it, I'm disappointed in his play. Uh, you're right. The, the offensive line did good run blocking but not pass blocking, which then makes you think, well, why didn't we just run the ball more? But Yeah, I was just I trying to know. play devil's advocate. I thought Moats – had his worst game as a Badger. Um, and he had a few bad games last year, but for the totality of what Saturday provided, I thought he played his worst, especially July. But it's a long season. I mean, I understand our college football playoff chances are probably nil. If not, we have to run the table, then beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. That's Even not that- going to happen. Even if that happens, I don't see us still making a college football playoff. If I'm if I'm dead honest, because I just 
coming off with a loss like this and the way we lost, nobody wants us to be in those final four. Like, would you want to watch this team in the final four? I wouldn't. Well, I mean, I don't want to watch them next week if they play like this. I, yeah. I just think you had the chance against a, a, a ranked opponent, conference opponent at home to show not just like, you know, the fans or the Big Ten, but to show the whole country and that committee, you know, these people that are, are, are getting, you know, that you want to be in a playoff that we belong there and we, we shit the bed. It's yeah. Really what no, it is. I agree with you. And it is extremely disappointing. Um, who knows? You, maybe we can, do you think, do you think we get back on track by the time we play Notre Dame? Uh, I don't know. I, it's such a toss up. Cause I don't really know how much faith I have in this running back Malusi either. Um, Where like was he, Berger? He actually got beat out by the foot by that second by Malusi and Guadado. He is the third string running back. That's nuts. Yeah, and that's sad, right? Because he played last year. Yeah, he so, was supposed. To, he was supposed to be the next guy. I think we, as fans, got bamboozled a little bit um, because you know coming in ranked twelfth, we were obviously ranked twelfth, one hundred percent the expectations that Moats was going to play like a potential Heisman uh, finalist. Swindled, bamboozled, hoodwinked, fucking tricked. And uh, I'm pretty disappointed <laughs> in it because I really look forward to Saturday, you know, Bucky games, but I'll still watch, but I don't know if they kind of took a lot of life out of me. Um, I'll have it on, but if I'm doing homework, then, you know, yeah, it won't be like a Sunday Packer game, you know, a few years. <laughs> but I'll need a Bloody Mary every time I watch a game. Yeah, I'll need a, I'll need a needle to the eye if I have to watch Moats play that way ever again. Yeah, yeah, but, we'll yeah, see. I don't think we need to. We could probably wrap this episode up after chopping block because I, I'm just getting sad now thinking about how we blew it. <laughs> it's like a Monday. Yeah. I mean, it is It is Monday, but it's like a Monday. It's like a Monday after a Packer loss. It's just the worst feeling. Yeah, that's facts. But uh, what do you have uh, for your chopping block for, for this episode? Yeah, so this week, uh, I don't really have anything that we haven't talked about. It's the start of football, like real football once again. It's my favorite time of the year where Sundays I can just be a vegetable on the couch until the Packers play and I'm the most nervous, anxious, insane individual that people have ever met. That's why I don't watch Packer games with people outside unless I'm at Lambeau Field or the game because most people think I'm a psychopath and I can't really argue with them after Rogers throws a touchdown to Devontae and I'm fucking going crazy. Um, yeah, I'm just super excited for football, man. This Sunday, 425, my time. Packer. I literally excitement. It's like a kid on Christmas morning. That's That's how I feel every Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whatever the Packers day until the game starts. But that's it. That's for me. How about you, buddy? What you got? What you throwing on the chopping block this week? Well, uh, the start of the football season also means the start of fantasy football for me. So, uh, I know that you don't really um, partake in that, but uh, this is, I don't know why I fucking play fantasy football because it gives me anxiety. 
like the max anxiety. I'm yelling at my phone, throwing shit, looking at the like the highlights when they do the game breaks. Like, oh, I have that guy on my bench. You know, there's points that I'm not gonna get, but at the same time, I love it. Uh, I had a draft on Friday night. I got a draft tonight. Uh, so hopefully uh, that all goes well for me. Um, what else? Uh, music wise, you know, Donda dropped, uh, Drake's album dropped. Uh, I listen to both. Uh, I'm still rocking with the King's Disease and uh, West Side Gun dropped the project. Uh, Hitler Wears Hermes 8. So that's super dope. Check that out. Um, and uh, I think that's it. I think that's it for me. Um, I do want to say, uh, you know, Friday, September 3rd was uh, the one year anniversary. My little cousin passed away. He was 25. Um, so I just want to give him a little shout out. Maybe he's listening somewhere. Uh, that We miss you, man. We love you. Uh, he would have been perfect guest at some point for this podcast. Uh, music and fashion was, was really his thing. Um, but uh, he's up, up there motivating other people. And I just want to say we miss you. We love you. Bless in peace. All right, brother. This wraps up episode three. I thought it was a good one. I enjoyed it. I wish we could have done a pre-cut uh, so we could have seen how long we would have been. But, I mean, for right now, I was 53 out of 53. I don't know about you. I got all 53 right. <laughs> so, you lying. I have, the, I, have, I have the receipts to prove that that yeah. was a lie. Where's Maury at? Yo, you can – you doctored those receipts. You over here – trying to get me hemmed up all right brother until no, next no, no. till next time we'll uh see you right, guys man, later thanks for coming delhi peace peace kid